Welcome to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast, where they discuss anything football, everything football. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Misuboy SG. Craving for party treats like cakes and cookies in Subang Jaya? Visit starshot.bakery on Instagram. Or would you like tiramisu in Singapore? Visit misuboy.sg on Instagram as well. Good day listeners and welcome to another episode of the Steven Adjun Football Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Misubo SG and Sastra Bakery. Um, today, we have two guests joining us. Uh, of course, first of all, I would like to welcome back my co-host Arjun. Arjun, welcome back. Uh, thanks, Stephen. Good to be back. <laughs> uh, very exciting yeah, discussion ahead for us today. Yeah. Uh, yes, for me as a Liverpool fan, of course, I'm looking very, very much looking forward to today's discussion. And also, our um, resident MU fan, um, um, Uday, Uday, welcome back. Hi, did you forget my name, Steven? <laughs> yeah, I had to think about it <laughs> for, a, for a moment there. And last but not least, our new joiner, oh, he's, he's, he's his second time joining us on this, on this uh, podcast, uh, Sasilan. Sasilan, welcome back as well. Hi, Steven. Hi, extremely happy to be joining the podcast, <laughs> especially after yesterday's result. <laughs> oh, so you are also rooting for Leicester yesterday, yesterday night, yes. is it? Of course, of course. I'm always rooting <laughs> for the underdogs. <laughs> yeah. But, but, right, but yesterday's, um... match, yesterday's match, I'm not sure who was the underdog actually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, okay, I think I, yeah. <laughs> we, we deserve that. We deserve that. <laughs> right. Uh... I think I think let let's let's mix it up for 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 once. I think I'll start off with Uday first. Uh, the question I direct to Uday. Uday, yesterday's performance, of course, you know we know that Leicester beat um MU four two, but uh when a pre match lineup was out, we we saw that Maguire was back in a starting lineup, you know, and then we had and then only started the 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 front four of Ronaldo, Sancho, Fernandez, and Greenwood, who by itself or by by themselves could win any football game, but then again we see that they're attacking kind of. It, it, they didn't really gel, you know, as a team. What are your thoughts after watching the game yesterday? I thought that first things first, let's address the Maguire issue. As soon as you shared the lineup with me in our group, I already thought that it was a bad idea. I thought that it was going to make his injury even worse. And clearly at the end of the match, when MU lost the game, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said that it was a bad decision to play Maguire because... He was at fault for two or three of those goals. I mean, directly at fault for two of the goals. The first and the fourth goal scored by Leicester. So, I thought it was a terrible decision-making made by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and his team for doing that. Maybe he thought that Lindelof and Bay may not be the best defensive partnership for this match against Leicester. But I thought it was terrible. And throughout the game, as soon as the first goal was scored by Manchester United. I was not very happy. I thought that MU has been relying too much. I think Arjun brought up earlier about individual brilliance. And I think the first goal was an individual brilliant goal by Mason Greenwood. And I wasn't very happy as soon as it went in. I should have been celebrating. I guess maybe if I was celebrating, things would be different. But I already thought, like, I was like, how many times is MU going to score a great goal and then concede or, like, four goals, two goals to the opponent and lose the match throughout the match. So I was not happy as soon as the first goal went in and 
I think it was highlighted after that, the fact that Leicester scored 1-1. And then they scored the second goal. And clearly, MU's transition play from defense to midfield is bad. We already spoke about Maguire. Even the people up top, was, I guess it was just not their day, I guess. Uh, they couldn't convert anything. So that was that's my analysis so far about the game. Um, Uri, why do you say that you're not happy after MU scored the first goal? Because if I remember correctly from yesterday's match, MU dominated the first 15 minutes, you know, or 20 minutes, right? <laughs> I mean, dominated is such a strong word. Uh, yeah, they had more possession, but it felt like they were just passing the ball sideways a lot. It, it wasn't a direct plan. Um, there was just no one. Everyone was just like hoping and praying that somebody was going to be there to pick up the ball. Um, I think that was once I had a discussion with my dad saying ad hoc football where they're not thinking about what's the next step. They're just passing to an empty space, hoping someone is going to be there. That's what Emir was doing. Ad hoc football. There was just no planning ahead. So that's why I was not happy. There's no plan. True, true. I understand your point. Arjun, yesterday we see that um, yesterday only started Matic and Pogba in the centre midfield position and we see there are many instances where there is a lot of true ball right, uh, that goes through MU's midfield, you know, that come, come to Madison or Tillerson fit in the attacking midfielder position. What, what do you think about this from, from, from your viewpoint yesterday? Yeah, again, so for this, uh, I think I have to go back to what I said at the beginning of the season. Uh, I think you all know that I've been Ole in since the beginning. But I've started to lose faith in the last few matches when United threw away points against Aston Villa, Everton. Uh, and this match uh, really has switched uh, my standing to Ole out. So, so I think what, what you said is uh, because of that also, I don't think the players are fully responsible for that. I think that is a manager, the problem of the manager. Uh, you can see with all the great managers, uh, sometimes we watch videos of detailed technical analysis that the positioning of the players is often much more important than the ability of the players themselves. Uh, so Pogba and Matic is a, is a pretty good midfield to face Leicester. I mean, no disrespect to Leicester. They are a very good team. Uh, they are not a top four team, but they are a top six team. Maybe uh, against a top four team, that midfield is not sufficient. But against a top six team or any other team in the league, I think a midfield of Pogba and Matic should be more than enough. But it comes down to Ole's planning uh, on the tactics. Too often, uh, we can see that Pogba tries to attack and so it leaves Matic exposed alone in the midfield. And then Matic tries to cover the fullback positions where when one Bissaka and Shaw goes, go up, they are exposed there. So Matic tries to cover that. And this leaves the midfield, the center midfield positions completely exposed. And that was happening time and time again. Another problem was yes. that Ronaldo doesn't press. So as a result, Bruno goes to press. And then Pogba has to go to fill the gap uh, left by Bruno. And then Matic has to go in return. So this kind of like has a chain effect. So this all mm. again is due to poor planning by Ole. Uh, maybe I, I, I'm starting to feel that he has taken United as far as he could. Uh, exactly what I think you said at the beginning of the season, Stephen. Uh, I, I thought he deserved another chance. But looking at this now... I feel he's out of his depth. I feel he has taken United as far as he can. So what, I'll definitely put that down to uh, the manager's uh, tactical naivety. Wow. Okay, okay. Probably he just, he had no idea, no, like what you say, no tactical idea of what to do, but they just he just want to start his best player in terms of Pogba, uh, Fernandez, Ronaldo, maybe Rashford in the future, and then Greenwood or Sancho. Just, yeah. just throw them on all at the same time. Yeah, so some of his decisions, like I can see his thinking behind them, but 
uh, for example, starting Maguire, he was just so worried uh, of starting Bayi or Jones, who hasn't played for ages. Uh, but because Bayi is error prone, uh, and Bayi and Lindelof has not worked very well in the past, so I think he was just so worried about that and tried to rush Maguire back. And then because Maguire is not fully fit, he didn't want to start. Uh, he wanted to start a specialist defensive midfielder in Matic. Uh, so that was the thinking behind that. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, there was a lot of uh, hoo-ha behind him benching Ronaldo for against Everton. Uh, and then maybe he would be thinking in his mind if he started Ronaldo, maybe you know uh, United could have won. So in this match, he started Ronaldo as well. So most of the decisions seem to be more like reacting rather than him actually having solid reasons behind the decisions. Yeah, good point, Arjun. Um, Sasilan, as an Arsenal fan or as an outsider, what do you think are the problems within MU uh, so far? Uh, even though they only lost like two matches um, so far and they're still within the fight for the top four or the, or the title and it's still very early in the season to talk about problems or crisis, so to say. But for now, so far, what, what do you see are the problems for MU? Hi, okay. For now, I really... I think they have an issue in their midfield. Okay, if you watch yesterday's game, yesterday's uh, game, I think it was uh, it was a midfield midfield battle. You know, Tillemans and uh, Sumari. I think they were literally uh, they were on point yesterday, and I think that might have just uh, won them the game. Okay, especially this guy Tillman. He was he was the engine of the midfield for Leicester, mm, and I yes. think uh, that's what Manchester United is lacking. They don't have. Uh, a proper midfielder, uh, in a way where they can also defend and they can also transition the play from defense to attack. That's uh, besides that, I think they have a lot of individually talented players. Uh, if they can solve that midfield issue, I really think that they can strive for some sort of success this season. Yeah, speaking about midfield issue, Uday, is it time for Vanderbilt now, or you are just missing Fred? Oh yeah, it's definitely time for Vanderbeek. I, I, how bad can Vanderbeek be for Manchester United not to play him, even if Manchester United is losing? So it has to be time for Vanderbeek. Uh, I actually wanted to also uh, talk about Leicester. I think Sasilan finally brought up how great Leicester was midfielder in the midfield department, and I think Brandon Rogers played really uh played a good system yesterday of clearly pressurizing Harry Maguire and. Uh, Going at Manchester United, knowing that that's the Manchester United weak spot right now, the fact that Harry Maguire was not fit and the fact that uh, Varane was not available. So top credits to Leicester. They played really well. Um, even Tillerman scored a great goal. Um, Faraday's goal was fantastic, that goal. And that's all I have to say with regards to Leicester. Yes, Arjun. Yeah, so uh, I, I definitely agree with uh, Uday there. I feel like every team facing United these days uh, can outpass United's midfield. They retain the ball so much better. They have a plan going forward. When the fullback pushes forward, the centre midfield goes over to the uh, space left behind. And the whole team sort of responds to that movement. Whereas United, like I think Uday pointed out earlier, it's all down to individual moments of brilliance. And I think that has been the problem since the start of the season. Just that it's just that United have been getting away with it and uh, they have stopped getting away with it, basically. Uh, I think teams have started putting United under even more pressure and as a result, almost every single game is so open now with United. 
because the defense is so exposed and then United are having to counter to try to score and it's just not working. Yeah, I, I get your point, Arjun. But I also feel that I feel that United have a set piece issue whereby they, they they tend to switch off at very critical moments. Two of the goals they considered were corners, one directly from kickoff. And it was this 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 kind of thing when you 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 want to go for the you no know, nowadays we talk about the second ball, you know. And Maguire is particularly responsible for two of the goals considered, where he kind of switch off and he's not paying attention to where is the ball or where the runners are. Yeah, do you I think Maguire is a problem now for Abu? Yeah, I, I, I mean not Maguire specifically, but uh, set pieces has long been United problem. Uh, I think earlier in the season we have defended them better. I wouldn't say very well, but better than it is now. Uh, but yeah, it has gotten worse, and we don't score from set pieces, but we defend horribly. But it's not just set pieces. Anytime Lindelof or Maguire gets the ball, it's so worrying when you see your opposition strikers closing them down because it doesn't seem like they can pass through the strikers, pass through the press like how so many other teams are able to do. And that's also another source of the problem. So I feel the problems are all over the pitch for United, not just in a specific area. And that, again, is down to the manager. Wow. Okay. Uday? Yeah. Um, actually, Stephen, you highlighted a very good point, the fact that MU's uh, set-piece set defending has been a problem. And do you know what's the best part? MU hired a set-piece uh, manager or a coach this season and clearly it's not been working so badly. So I don't know what can I do. What can MU do right now to improve that? Maybe sack him right now and get a new one. Sasilin, do uh, you have anything to say about the set pieces? Uh, nothing about set pieces. Because uh, I, I actually think there's still lots of room for improvement for Manchester United. I feel like right now, okay, with Rashford coming in, one, one of the, the things is... Rashford coming in, and then I'm not sure what's going on with Jaden Sancho. I honestly don't know whether he's uh, uh, how do I? I'm not, not sure. Okay, as 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 an MU fan, how do you all feel about Jaden Sancho at this? Would would I go ahead first? Sorry. Um. Yeah. Honestly, I I feel bad for Jaden Sancho because he doesn't have somebody. Of course, yeah. Sure, we have Ronaldo there, of course, and Ronaldo supposedly better than Haaland. I mean, statistics-wise and everything, but I feel bad for him. We're not playing to his strengths, and that's why he's been quite poor. Um, I, I'm the kind of person who gives players time. So I think give him time. Maybe with a better manager, like with Ole out, then he will be able to shine. Arjun? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, 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 honestly, I felt really bad for Jaden Sancho as well. He, he has come at a bad time for United in a way, in a sense, that I think he's going to face the same problem when the big faces soon. Because on, on the face of it, it looks like he isn't performing. But I, don't, I really don't think it's his fault. We're not playing, playing to his strengths. At Dortmund, you can see he's very good at tight spaces, one-two touch, and then he's in behind. We are, not, we are just not playing football like that. Like Uday pointed out earlier, we are not thinking two, three passes ahead. It's just one pass, and then, okay, now what do we do? And then one pass, and then what do we do? So I, I don't think Sancho can really thrive in that sort of um, that sort of game gameplay. Uh, so I don't I really I wouldn't blame him for the performances he's putting in. Uh, and yeah, Ode pointed out as well that we're not playing to Ronaldo's strengths. There are very few crosses coming in to, uh, to or to which Ronaldo can compete. Uh, we all know one Pisaka is not great at crossing, so almost nothing comes through the right. 
Luke Shaw doesn't often get space on the left because uh, opposition defenders now know that he can cross. So he often gets mm-hmm. pushed down very fast. So, I mean, Luke Shaw was our only outlet of crossing. So even when that's shut down, then Bruno is having to go to wide spaces to try to cross. And then the whole team just gets uh, unbalanced again. So, yeah. As I said, like problems all over the pitch. Yeah. Um, thanks, Arjun, for your point. I, um, personally, I feel... Yeah. Go ahead, Sasilin. No, no. Personally, I feel like, you know, back at uh, Dortmund, when I was watching all... All those highlights. I think Jaden Sancho was actually taking on more players, but I'm not sure why he's not doing it. Maybe they should try, you know, make, let Jaden Sancho take on more players, get the fall in, because you have great uh, set piece takers like Bruno Fernandes and then a very good hater, Ronaldo. Through that, I don't I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, you guys can try that and eventually score many goals because Jaden Sancho obviously is very good uh, when he's taking on players, but I'm not sure why. He's not doing it. I, I don't I don't even remember when was the last time I've actually seen him taking on someone on the field. Every time I've I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't remember. True, uh, true. Good yeah, point, yeah, good point. I, yeah. I, I, sorry, I, I agree with that as well. Uh, I think you, you brought up a very good point that Sancho loves to take on players. And I think I've only seen him do it once in a United shirt. But again, I really think it's because of the movement of the other United players. Um, even... Even the re- understanding between him and Luke Shaw is not really great yet. So every time Sancho gets the ball, he's facing two opposition players, the opposition winger and the opposition fullback. Especially in yesterday's game, I think every single time he got the ball, that was the case. And nobody is making the run to take away one of the players. So then I think he's starting to face an impossible task of taking on two players at a time. Yeah, um, yeah. thanks Arjun, thanks Aslin. I think the point about Sancho, uh, I was thinking about the, the times when he was at Dortmund, if he can work well with Holland, cannot be he cannot work, work well with Ronaldo because Ronaldo is a much more clinical, much more experienced striker as compared to Erling Holland. Um, I'd like to direct my question to Uday. Uday, just how you talk about um, Emil not playing to Ronaldo's strength, not playing to Sancho's strength, and as well as uh, not starting Van der Beek. That is three purchase, that is three of Ole's big money purchase that uh, he has not played them to their strength or used them well. Uh, I don't know, uh, Arjun was saying that he is now Ole out. I don't know what are your viewpoints about Ole's position now. I agree with Arjun. Ole's still out right now. Um, I mean, the fact that you buy these three players and you're not using them to their strengths, um, it definitely sounds like you're not good. I feel like, again, this Ronaldo's purchase may not be Ole's decision. Um, the fact that it might have just been a bad decision to get it just to make the fans happy. So that's one thing. Even the Vander Beek one, I don't know whether the Vander Beek one was an Ole decision or a, a ball decision to show that we are buying players, especially MU's trouble position in the center midfield. So these are two things. Jaden Sancho might have definitely been an Ole's uh, signing and he got him. He's playing him, but he's not playing him to strength. So I feel Ole out, uh, even though he got all these players. Wow, okay. Uh, Arjun, Ude. If, now that you are in the only out camp, then considering the manager managers that are available now, who will be your ideal candidate to replace him? Can I say Ryan Giggs? <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, right now, I don't think there are my, uh, many available managers. If I'm not mistaken, the ex-Chelsea guy is available. Conte? Conte. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. he's available, yeah. Yes. 
Yes, Conte is available. Uh, but besides that, I don't see anyone that... Uh, if you can get Poch over, which I, I wouldn't, is you're already in, having fun with PSG. So I don't, I don't know. To me, it's Conte. Um, I, I think it was a very good question, Stephen, because I don't really have an alternative in mind. I like Conte, but I think he's a bit like Mourinho. He's a short-term coach. He's not, he's not someone who would stay and see the project through. So in that sense, ideally, if everyone's available, I would try to get someone like either Nagelsmann or if it's experience, I really like Ancelotti. I think he's a top, top coach. So one of these guys, if they're available. Otherwise, the problem is I don't really see a suitable long-term uh, replacement for Ole just yet. Okay, thanks Arjun. Thanks Uday. Um, Sasilan, you have something to say? No, my suggestion would be, I read it somewhere, Ronaldo to be manager and player. <laughs> <laughs> player coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but the problem now, I think MU needs Ronaldo on the few, you know. <laughs> more than more than his coaching prowess. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Both. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alright, um, I think that's, we, we are pretty well covered about MU uh, now, uh, so far, in this episode. So, um, firstly, a quick one about uh, Arsenal. Um, since we last talked about Arsenal, I feel Arsenal has been doing quite well, um, undefeated in the past five matches, including the one uh, EFL Cup match. So, so how are you looking? Arsenal, Arsenal is climbing on the table very fast now. What are your thoughts about this? Yes, I'm actually pretty excited. Uh, although the last game against Brighton, I was not really uh, very happy because uh, Brighton was uh, Brighton was actually dominating. Brighton dominated the entire game, but but I could see like that guy Ramsdale. You know, I think he's a mm. very good buy for us. Oh. He literally saved us uh, one point on that mm. day. Uh, I'm actually happy with the with the way the team is currently defending when we were leaking goals at the start of the season from leaking goals to now you know i think we only considered one goal in our last mm. uh, few matches so that's a mm. really good thing uh, i just hope that uh, the, these players they create more chances and aubameyang gets back on his uh, form before he signed the contract yeah if that all mm. comes together, I think we will really have a very good season and I'm really, really looking forward for the game against Crystal Palace, uh, especially with uh, Vieira coming in uh, <laughs> again uh, yeah. as the manager. So, Should be a good one. Yeah, let's see how it goes. I, 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 yeah, I really think uh, it should be a good, easy win for us. I just hope those players, they just uh, don't... Uh, they can do justice for their current form right now. I think there was news over the international break that uh, because now Arsenal is having a midfield crisis now that Granit Xhaka is out for three months, there was news about um, rumoured that Oxley Chamberlain is interested to go back to Arsenal to play for Ateta. What are your thoughts? I don't mind actually because uh, considering the fact that he's not been getting much game times at Liverpool and I think yeah. I think ever since he left uh, Arsenal, he has not been playing uh, much of the games because of his injuries, of course. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't mind if he's gonna come for six months loan. Let's see how well he fits with the team. If we can really incorporate, if his uh, presence can really incorporate the team well, then I don't mind. Yeah, because he's quite. Uh, 
yeah, utility player because I still remember under Arsen Wenger, he played under uh, the, the right wing back, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. He was playing right back at one point and then even in the central midfield role and then also attacking role. Yeah, quite a versatile player. Quite a versatile player, yes, yes. All right. Um, Looks like things are looking up for Arsenal, whereas, you know, things are a bit more bleak for Van der Beek's MU. <laughs> Uday, you have something to say? Yeah, I actually wanted to discuss about the upcoming Arsenal Crystal Palace match, where I think that uh, the midfield battle between Arsenal and Crystal Palace might be one to what to look out for. Where Arsenal's midfield recently can hasn't been that great, and Crystal Palace's midfield of Conor Gallagher as well as Milijovic uh, have been looking quite uh, fun, as in an interesting pair, especially the fact that. They are just recently joined. I'm oh, sorry, Milovic, the Gallagher looks very interesting. He's been recently joined. And I think that the midfield battle might be the major talking point at the end of this uh, session or the end of the match. I don't know what Sarsilan thinks about this. What do you think? Yeah, but I really like Conor Gallagher back when he was actually playing for West Brom last season. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh... Uh, but I, I think he's from Chelsea, right? He's still under loan. Yeah, he's, he's from Chelsea. So yeah, Chelsea. Oh, my God. Uh, the number of players they have, right? I don't know what to say. Yeah, let's start uh, talking about that. Yeah, but, uh, okay, once again, you were talking about the midfield. Yeah, yeah, because midfield. they did really performed really well against Leicester and Spurs. So, I thought that the midfield might trouble Arsenal's uh, midfielders. Crystal Palace midfield. What is... As long as, long, as, long as uh, Partey performs, as long as Partey gives a 10 out of... 10 performance tomorrow, I really think Partey will overpower both of them. Mm-hmm. Or Crystal Palace midfield, yeah. Yeah, but Conor Gallagher as an attacking midfielder is just definitely one to look out for. He cost Liverpool quite a lot of problems back then. Yeah. Alright. Um, I feel that we covered quite a lot of topic today. And uh, before we end, I'd like to thank uh, Uday and Sasilan for joining us in this podcast today. Very interesting discussion. Um, thank, thank you, you. both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no it was a very... before, before we end this, I would like to, you know, just I know highlight one thing uh, after yesterday's game. Uh, I'm really, really convinced that Brentford can really do some surprises this season. They could oh, have like four or five goals uh, in the last 10 minutes against Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> oh my goodness. They've they yeah, really good. outplayed yeah, Liverpool, no, Arsenal, and also Chelsea. So I'm really, really very convinced that, you know, they can do bit. The surprise of the season. The, the surprise of the season, ah, uh, the surprise of the season, ah, uh, Brentford. Yes, yes. In, in, maybe in the, the next Leicester. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, next Leicester, maybe oh, the next Wolves, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And if you have any comments about podcast, please do leave us a DM. My Instagram handle is at Stephen underscore Rock underscore On, and Arjun's Instagram handle is at Ruben Arjun. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by Misubo Edgy and Starshot Bakery. We'll see you again in the next episode. In the meantime, stay safe and bye-bye.